0: Alright, it's Wednesday, November 10th, it's the Fantasy Finish Line Podcast, and tonight we're going to be talking about the NFL in Week 10. We're going to preview some targets, some trends, and have a few drinks. What a freaking rocker that is. (laughs) all right all right this is the fantasy finish line podcast i am jason joined as always by dave hello everybody cheers i hope you've got yourself a frosty beverage tonight we're gonna be talking about some week 10 nfl stuff uh there is plenty of news to go over we're gonna hit some player trends tonight we're gonna talk about um specifically trends in player targets uh and what that kind of means for those guys um and as always we welcome your questions and uh you know if you're in the chat room on youtube make sure that you're uh giving it to us live so that we can just answer them right away otherwise you can tweet us at drink five you can email us jason or dave at drink5.com com. is two separate email addresses not one long email address and um we don't, like, share an email address like some people do, like older people.
1: He's riding the wave over there.
0: I'm just riffing here. <laughs> and so anyways, uh, yeah, we are here. We're talking about fantasy football. Uh, but first, we need to know, what are we drinking? Um, I'll go first this time. Okay. I have the New Glarus Moon Man, uh, only in Wisconsin kind of beer, uh, that is in Illinois. So that that's a lie right there. But we won't tell. Because we didn't buy it in Illinois. We bought it in Wisconsin. Um, So it's legal. It's legal. We we didn't break any rules. It's a legal beer. We just brought it with us. And a little bit later, we're going to crack open the Pollyanna Personal Chain Letter um, featuring Tugboat Coffee. It is an imperial stout aged in bourbon barrels with vanilla bean and coffee added. And I believe that it is something like 11.6% alcohol. Beauty. It is a... Frickin' great beer. I really like it.
1: I have the action hero. It may be the last action hero uh, in our fridge. I'm not really sure.
0: Oh, I like where you went there.
1: <laughs> Arnold Schwarzenegger jokes from the 90s. Yeah. 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 Or maybe it's early 2000s. I think it's the late Which 90s. side
0: of the movie screen is he on at the moment?
1: I don't know. So he traveled through to the to the fictional world.
0: No, he's from the fictional world. He, he travels to the, to real, the world. real world. Sorry. Spoilers.
1: I'm I'm a little rough on my last action hero. Tribute. I
0: really like that movie. I saw it in the theater, <laughs> and like in the theater, the kid is watching Arnold Schwarzenegger in the movie in the theater. Meta. Oh, it's very. It was very meta. That was maybe one of my first like meta experiences in a movie.
1: Now Facebook owns
0: it. Well, you know, do they own the metaverse or is that a Neil Stevenson thing?
1: Uh it's a metaverse, not the metaverse. That's how I prefer to look at it. Okay. But that's a whole different podcast. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, Action Hero is a hazy India pale ale, 7.3% alcohol by Valium from uh, Revolution Brewing. And of course, they have a whole superhero pack of, uh, of IPAs that are delicious. And we get them all the time around here because we live in a suburb of Chicago, so it's very convenient. And I recommend them to anyone who may not consider Revolution to be a, uh, a regular brewery uh, that you visit.
0: Uh, yeah, I mean... Revolution is kind of a big regional beer at this point, I'd say, and I'm very happy that they're um, around because their beers are freaking great. Yep, yep. All right, so we'll touch on some news that affects fantasy football, not necessarily diving in all the news because, as we know, there's lots of uh, news that is not football-related adjacent to the NFL these days. And for that, you can go to any number of places. We don't need to... Necessarily dive into all that. Mm-hmm. Um, so Odell Beckham cleared waivers, and he's a free agent now as of Wednesday's afternoon. And earlier today, he released a statement saying, um, basically, "I want more money and haven't signed anyone yet." No, no, that's not what he said. He said he's going to take some time, and a few days. Oh, he's a few days away.
1: It's an interesting way to paraphrase somebody by saying something that they didn't say at all.
0: I mean, as long as I say that he didn't <laughs> at all say that, I think I'm okay.
1: His, his agent uh, his agent said that. I'm
0: merely interpreting it.
1: Yeah. But no, clearly, he doesn't want to be signed at the veteran minimum, and I understand that.
0: I mean, yeah, and more. I, I'm always a power-to-the-players kind of guy, so that's fine if you want to take some time and do that. But here's the reality of the situation, is that he's going to sign for the veteran minimum if he, if he wants to play, um, because... You know that's essentially what he's worth at the moment, and he's already been paid for the season, so um, he shouldn't fight it too hard. Maybe okay. You know that's how I look at it. What, what do you think is a good landing spot for Odell?
1: Um. So uh, the Bucks were floating around before, uh, before today, when Rick Stroud, who's a Bucks beat reporter, uh, he tweeted out: "Bruce Arians confirms the Bucks are not in the Odell Beckham Jr. sweepstakes." He said, "No, we've already got AB. We don't need OBJ. That's too many letters."
0: Oh, that's fair enough.
1: And uh, I, I've always thought that Bruce Arians was uh, was a funny guy. Uh, you know, I do have uh, a little bit of love for him from the from the Pittsburgh landscape. Yeah,
0: he helped Pittsburgh win a Super Bowl, and uh, that got him head coaching jobs galore.
1: But the front runners are the Packers, Saints, and Chiefs right now. Um, For all of those scenarios, OBJ would be a really great addition to the team because uh, they're all lacking in good depth and receiver. The Chiefs had Sammy Watkins last year. This year they have this combination of a couple people that just hasn't really turned into anything special uh, of course, the Packers have Devontae Adams, but beyond that, with MVS and Alan Lazard, there is nothing special there.
0: We're not worried about too many initials there in <laughs> Green Bay. I don't know. I gotta say, Green Bay sounds like the best landing spot for him. Well, I think I think, or maybe Kansas City, but probably more Green Bay.
1: I think the Saints are also a, a good spot where they could they could use someone like that, but he's not going to want to go there because they're probably not a contender. Uh, without uh, Jameis Winston, with, with their, you know, Simeon or Taysom Hill. Yeah. Neither of them are really good uh, gunslingers. So, uh,
0: I'm sure what O'Dell wants to do is put up big numbers so that he can get a contract again next year.
1: Yeah, so if I were him, I would love to have Mahomes or Rogers throwing the ball to me, uh, and that's where I would try to go. And I think that's what he's looking for.
0: He should hitch, hitch his wagon to Aaron Rodgers, as uh, treacherous as that may sound at the moment, because they're both going to be free agents next year probably, and... You know, they can go together if, if they have some chemistry.
1: Look, if you're, if you're good at football, you're going to make money and be on a team no matter what. Um, and I think that's true for Aaron Rodgers. Remains to be seen if that's true for Odell Beckham or if this is the last days of, uh, of Beckham and maybe he doesn't have a lot left in the tank. However, uh, playing for the Cleveland Browns with Baker Mayfield... Uh, it's either Baker Mayfield having an issue throwing it to him, as Odell Beckham's dad presented in that video montage.
0: Yes, I'm sure his dad is the one who put together the video montage. Well, And not like an agent through Odell.
1: Well, all that really matters is that he's not wrong. There's so many opportunities that I saw even watching Cleveland games where Beckham was open, but that's just not what the uh, M.O. was for Mayfield and the Browns. That's true. And so I can understand him being upset about it. He went around it. He went about it the wrong way, but I agree with you. The Packers or the Chiefs are the prime opportunity slots for him uh, to, go, to go to. Like a, similar teams to like the Buffalo Bills, but the Bills already have great wide receiver depth. They don't need any Odell Beckham's.
0: That's true. And I mean, Odell's stats did nothing but decline steadily. Throughout his time in Cleveland, so what did we say when he first just got didn't signed?
1: Work. We said that it's it's, yeah, a, it's this not going to work. This is downhill for you, possibly the end of your career, uh, Mr. Beckham.
0: So he's only been around for eight years. He'll be uh, he just turned twenty nine on November fifth. Happy belated birthday, Mr. Beckham. Um, so you know, I, I don't think he's too old or anything to uh, still be an effective player. Mm-hmm. Um, it remains to be seen. You know what team he lands on though.
1: But, but I think picking him up, and a lot of people have already done that, uh, so in, unless you're in a league that doesn't follow the news very often or has a very shallow league, he's probably already owned in a lot of places, but picking him up as a prospective guy uh, for the last half of the fantasy season is not a bad option if you need help at that wide receiver three or flex position. He could obviously and easily slide into that situation on any roster if he gets paired with a great quarterback.
0: Yeah. And I would I would like to see him in Green Bay as someone who has Odell on a team.
1: I don't know if Rodgers has ever had two good receivers playing at the same time.
0: Well, he had Devontae <laughs> Adams and Jordy Nelson for a while.
1: That's it, then. Yeah, and yeah. that was that was lovely. And they
0: they were a very <laughs> good team back then. Yeah. Um. So I, I think that it would really um, go a long way towards uh, winning more games this year. Um. So, uh, staying. Moving on to a different team in the NFC North. Uh, there's a lot of news going on with Delvin Cook for now. Um, he says he's going to play this week. Uh, we won't necessarily get into what's going on with um, Delvin Cook because, frankly, um, it's not very clear to me, at least. It's just a muddy and possible uh, possible criminal case. Yeah, there's several things happening at the moment. Um, so keep an eye on it as far as his status on Sunday. Alexander Madison, one of the best running backup running backs in the league, is a guy that should be rostered everywhere at this point. Um, when I checked, I'm in six leagues. He was already owned in five leagues before waivers went through yesterday. So uh, I was able to land him in a league. I'm happy about that. Yeah. Just because I'm two and seven and i got to play spoiler now. That's a drink five league. You don't give up in the drink five league. You fight to the end just to screw with people.
1: Being that there are seventeen games now in a fantasy football season for most configurations of fantasy leagues, yeah. you technically could win on your win out and still make oh, the playoffs. Seven
0: and seven can totally make the playoffs. It's because just not likely. <laughs> six out of ten teams in that league will make the playoffs. Yeah, exactly. So even a um well, I guess six and eight would be the other alternative. Six and, six and eight r- sounds bad, but rough. we're going to see six and eight teams making the playoffs this year.
1: Yeah, you can be the Seahawks from uh, several years ago and sneak into the playoffs. So. And all you
0: need is a beast mode to win a game.
1: That's right. You just need Marshawn Lynch. You just need
0: a beast quake.
1: <laughs> well, let me take this, uh, this next one. So Chris Godwin has a foot injury. And Antonio Antonio Brown has to shed his walking boot and give it to Godwin. One uh, boot, one as, boot per team. That's as, all they get. As apparently, and I'm borrowing. This and they
0: only get a left boot.
1: I don't know if people know that. I'm borrowing this <laughs> joke from a thread in Reddit that I read. I have okay. to I have to give uh, a credit where it's due because it was just hilarious to me. But yeah, so the Bucks only have one walking boot, only one left boot. Oh man. And. Uh, he had, to, he had to take it off and give it to Godwin.
0: No, uh, Is he done walking in circles then because he only has one left boot? I
1: don't think Godwin's <laughs> actually in a walking boot anyway. But there How is, much can
0: we kill this joke?
1: There's some kind of foot injury, which is horrible for a wide receiver, obviously. Uh, and there's a real possibility the Bucks might be without Brown, Godwin, and Gronk this week. Uh, in fact, it, it might even be a likely possibility. Let me ask you a
0: question. Do they have um, that Tom guy?
1: <laughs> Is he gonna play? Tom Brady can still throw the ball to Mike Evans.
0: I think they'll be okay.
1: Right. So Mike Evans then becomes a massive target monster, whereas, you know there's there's a little bit of muddiness in the wide receiver uh, corpse for for that uh, particular team uh, from from game to game, there, there could be a huge game from Godwin, a huge game from Brown, a huge game from Evans, or maybe even two of those guys. Put Gronk into that situation, and you have no idea who's going to score the touchdown. I mean,
0: remember early in the year when all four of them were pretty much healthy, it was pretty ran- – I mean, it was a lot of Antonio Brown, which not a lot of people expected um, early on, and I really wish he hadn't gotten hurt because, man, he was playing well.
1: Well, it seems like uh, he's going to be practicing, and he may be coming back uh, this week, but probably more like uh, next week or future weeks. But the the big news here, really, uh, in addition to continuing to monitor Brown and Godwin's status, uh, backup plans need to be made for your roster. But the Bucks are signing another tight end. They already did Darren Fells, and there's a there's a lot of uh, of commotion and stirring in the fantasy community about Gronkowski. He got shaken up a lot. Apparently, his back spasms are also back. Uh, And there's an idea out there that's brewing, um, and it hasn't come from official sources just yet, Uh, but I'm I'm feeling like this is more and more real, that we may not see Gronkowski back at all, uh, or if we do, towards the end of the season, or fantasy playoffs, or not fantasy, real NFL playoffs, playoffs, because there's no real reason for Tampa Bay to put him out there if he's going to continue to have these kinds of injuries. So... Uh, team managers, and this is this is my suggestion, should consider selling high on him right now. If your uh, leagues are available to uh, to trade, you know, just send someone a message and kind of fleece him a little bit, saying that like he's <laughs> he's coming back soon, he'll be practicing soon, Gronk's gonna score two touchdowns a game. You you know, if news comes out next week that he's going to be put on IR or he's not going to be available for weeks then Gronk loses so much value that he's barely rosterable in regular redraft leagues.
0: I mean, don't be embarrassed about sending a fleece offer to people. It happens all the time. Let me give you an example of a trade offer that was sent to one of my friends. (laughs) Okay. This person is asking for CeeDee Lamb, Joe Mixon, and Patrick Mahomes. Mm -hmm. And they were willing to give up Aaron Rodgers, Josh Jacobs, and Emmanuel Sanders. Just absolute, like, hi, you must be deaf, dumb, and blind. Why don't we do this trade?
1: Well, uh, as 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 fantasy commissioners, and we could do a whole show on that at some point, and we probably should. Uh, I think you should you should let people be fleeced, unless there's clear collusion. But it, when I you agree. when you see that happen, it's just uh, it it makes you tear up sometimes. You know, I mean, You're like why wasn't I the guy who fleeced him?
0: <laughs> <laughs> yes, I would have given you slightly more.
1: Yeah, I could have thrown in a third round pick or something. You know. Um, but yeah, so, so I know you have, you're a Gronk owner. I've certainly had him before. Uh, this yeah. is something to not only be aware of, but to act upon now. And that is my advice to people that own Gronkowski. If you just let him sit on your bench, he will slowly fade away uh, this year. And that's what it seems like to me. That's man. sort
0: of what Gronk does on my bench. <laughs> He's, I got him in the Dynasty League. He won me a couple of championships, and he kind of faded away. I don't mind letting players retire. Yeah, but if <laughs> no, it's a terrible move. If it's you can get idea.
1: value from them now, like this is the opportunity to do so. Now in a redraft league, if you think he's going to come back towards the in, in the fantasy playoffs or even in a couple weeks, then he's still a usable piece. But what I'm saying is and you probably already have a backup option, but having a guy as you know, sit on your bench in a league where maybe your bench is six or seven spots or something, yeah. uh and just take that up and do nothing is a horrible situation.
0: Well, you have George Kittle, so I don't think that you're going to be buying him.
1: I'm not buying any Gronks right okay. now. No,
0: but maybe I can send him to the guy who has Tyler Conklin.
1: There you go. That's a and perfect
0: Gerald Everett and Blake Jarwin and oh man, all right. This is per- I just found a trade target.
1: It's a perfect option.
0: Yes, and it's someone who lives near Tampa Bay.
1: No, no, I I must be clear. I I think Gronkowski is a is a terrific piece, and I hope he comes back healthy. But we know from experience with him that when he starts having these kinds of issues, um, it's it's sometimes it's not something that he's going to get over right away, um, and he could play through, but that's not necessarily helpful. So going back to the meat and potatoes of this, uh, Mike Evans is going to be a badass this week, uh, and it looks like even if Godwin or Brown do play, they're going to be hobbled somewhat. So uh, keep yeah, in mind. Definitely. And uh, let's let's chat about uh, about our guy Sam Darnold.
0: Do we have to? Yeah, yes. (laughs) We'll just use it as a way to talk about the Panthers in general, I suppose. (laughs) Um, Yeah, Sam Darnold, uh, he's injured now. What did you – here we are – I'm lost here. Well, I can cover it. So yes, So he's, he's
1: expected to go on IR and miss four to six weeks for uh, fractured uh, scapula, which is a shoulder injury. And this may end the Sam Darnold experiment in the NFL. That's certainly possible. Uh, he was uh, acquired uh, by the uh, Carolina Panthers to be the franchise quarterback. And I happen to like Sam Darnold and the, the idea of him perhaps more than the physical entity that it, he's presenting. <laughs> Do you like
0: the thought of Sam Darnold? Yeah,
1: I mean, uh, he he seems like a uh, well. Besides that, uh, he's he not, led
0: the league in rushing touchdowns at one point this year.
1: He's not going to be playing for a while now, at least four weeks. And the guy who's coming in to uh, to uh, um, to fill in for him is PJ Walker from the XFL. Yeah, he was actually the leading uh, passing yardage and touchdown um, for for quarterbacks uh, in the XFL in 2020. And that's great for the XFL, but as we saw on Sunday, uh, when you come in here as the XFL passing yardage leader, it means absolutely nothing. <sighs> nothing at all. In the NFL. And so we're. Although ba-
0: apparently being a good running back in the AFL worked out for Dearness Johnson.
1: I mean, <laughs> he had a good game. No one can take that away from him. Yes. <laughs> we'll see this week if Nick Chubb is uh, actually able to play Um, because he's on the COVID list. If he's not, then D'Ernest Johnson gets his second time around where people have tape on him. So we'll see what happens then. But hey, I I would love to run behind that offensive line in Cleveland. That's one thing that they do have a really good good version of. Uh, So Christian McCaffrey, it's the Christian McCaffrey show again for as long as he can stay healthy. And the Panthers don't seem to have any kind of uh, cohesive offense without McCaffrey as the centerpiece. So regardless of what the quarterback is, uh, what plays they're running? You know what schemes are going on. If they don't have McCaffrey, their offense is just is piss poor, uh, as demonstrated this this season.
0: But tell us how you really think. For those
1: of you that have Christian McCaffrey, you can enjoy a full complement of him for as long as he can possibly remain uh, healthy with that ninety five percent snap count that he has. Now that, <laughs> that 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 could be the whole year. But uh, again, be prepared. And so I am telling uh, anyone who owns McCaffrey uh, that it would be a good option for them to try to acquire or maybe they already have Chuba Hubbard because without McCaffrey there, he is also uh, ends up being a serviceable RB2. Not quite an RB1 like McCaffrey. But that's one of the handcuffs in the league that are the most valuable. I would say probably Alexander Madison, Tony Pollard, and Chuba Hubbard yeah. uh, are really great handicaps. Uh, yeah, Pollard's nice because he... You hand- know. Handcuff, not handicap. sorry.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> handcuffs. <laughs>
0: He can put up 10 points uh, when you're when Zeke is still playing.
1: Because they're spelling Zeke, right? Uh, yeah, they and, are. And uh, a little bit with... It
0: makes sense, too, because Zeke's been around for, what, seven years now? Mm. Yeah, it's been quite a while for Zeke. Yep. And you can't just, you know, he's not Derrick Henry. And we even saw Derrick Henry go down finally this year.
1: Well, everyone kept talking about how he was made out of titanium. How long was that going to last? Come well,
0: on. now that who's the next guy that they keep talking about like that, and I don't want to say it, but <laughs> the guy who's on top right now has never missed a practice since high school. He claims they keep talking
1: about that. And then and JT's going to like be in a stretcher soon. <sighs> so, hey, uh, you you can't you can't do that unless you're unless you're Frank Gore. You know, And I still hope that there's <laughs> some more running back injuries so that Frank Gore can come back in on a team uh, and accomplish uh, what, Next he, year. what he needs to Next accomplish. Next year or
0: the it. year after when Frank Gore Jr. makes it to the league.
1: Maybe we get Derek Gore and Frank Gore on the same team.
0: I mean, that's great. They're not related, but <laughs> we can pretend. All right, let's, We can pretend. Just like Mike Evans, my cousin, is rocking it down in Tampa.
1: Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> let's get these last couple things so care
0: of. uh russell wilson and chris carson are uh designated to return from the ir at this moment they should both play in uh, green bay week 10 they're in green bay uh great news for seattle especially great if aaron Rodgers doesn't play um so they have been bad seattle has been because uh, they don't have their usual starters they <laughs> lost in weeks six and seven to the steelers and the saints um they were off last week, I believe. So, um, you know, I believe that it is pretty much a foregone conclusion that Russell Wilson will be back. Chris Carson is he practiced today? Is that right, Dave?
1: Uh, I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to be quoted saying that. I don't remember the news uh, piece that I read, but well, I keep
0: vamping and I'll get the news.
1: I do know that he was he was going to try to get back this week, and Seattle certainly needs him as as their rotunda of running backs, including Alex Collins and DJ Dallas and a couple other guys has not really been uh, up to spec.
0: So the only update today that we see on, um, the edge as we call it now is that he was designated to return from the IR today. Pete Carroll on the 8th, uh, that would be Monday, said that he will be on the field Wednesday, but there's been no updates uh, from the field, so to speak.
1: He's cleared to practice but didn't practice, it doesn't look like. yeah. But he's got Thursday, Friday, so we'll see.
0: Yeah, as always, keep an eye on... Uh, whether or not players practice on those days, generally speaking, player needs to get in at least one day of practice a week in order to make it to the field on Sunday. There are generally maybe one to two players on a team that will play without practicing, um, but that's you know pretty much always the exception and not the rule mm-hmm. as far as that goes. So keep an eye on uh, those injury reports and uh, make your decisions. You know, make your decisions before Sunday morning. It's not smart to. Be making uh, hasty decisions right before the game starts. Uh,
1: Darren Urban, who's a Cardinals beat reporter, tweeted earlier today that Kyler Murray said he has made "crazy" in quotations progress on his ankle and is optimistic he will be able to play uh, Sunday against the Panthers. Now, keep in mind that the the first definition of "crazy" is mentally deranged, uh, and so uh, he mentally deranged progress on his. <laughs>
0: ankle wow so
1: i'm not sure we know exactly he's made
0: so much progress that it has mentally deranged him
1: yeah I mean, that's a lot of progress so darren knows a lot about kyler clearly it's
0: it, his ankle is healing so fast it is breaking his brain
1: I, I i hope that uh murray is able to play we'll see it's great to hear good news about the injury i know a lot of fantasy team managers out there are hoping to see murray back in their lineups this week, uh, we would still put it at fifty-fifty. As the Cardinals could go one more week without the star quarterback and oh, still life is a coin flip, Dave. and still win. Uh, but who doesn't want to try and lock up a bye? Certainly, the Cardinals do. Every win counts, and I think if they can uh, bring out their uh, um, their star, mentally deranged or not, uh, they they probably will do so. Especially considering DeAndre Hopkins will probably not suit up this week. It looks like it might be a two-week hiatus for him. Uh, In in that case, we're going to see a lot more of uh, James Conner and, uh, interestingly enough, uh, another guy that uh, was really hyped uh, towards the middle end of last season but never really ended up uh, uh, getting playtime was Eno Benjamin, who is the third string running back on that team. But if you look at tape on Eno, especially in uh, the the touchdown that he had uh, in the game last week... That guy uh, has some moves. So I'm I'm kind of excited to see Connor and Eno uh, act as uh, the 1-2 uh, in the backfield for the Cardinals. And it's really cool to see that the Cardinals team doesn't just rely on Kyler Murray and Hopkins. Without both, they still schooled the opposing uh, defense.
0: It, that was a very—I mean, maybe the 49ers are really that bad, but the Cardinals— Game last week was very impressive. Mm-hmm. They played very well. James Connor looked like the guy running behind, you know, the the really good Steelers offensive line from a couple years ago. Uh, really reminded me of that. He had some good breakaway speed in the open field as well. So um, you know, very impressed by James Connor actually.
1: Well, like like I've said before, and we had a conversation um, not on air. Uh, i I was a huge fan of Connor. I have a jersey of his, et cetera. I think he's a great football player, but he's not um, he's not special. He just gets what is available. He's a, a good pass catcher and someone who can run between the tackles. So he's just kind of your uh, all around decent running back. Yeah. And if he has a good offensive line and they're making holes for him, then he's going to take advantage of that. Um, and, and I thought they should have kept him around in Pittsburgh. I, heck, I think he was signed to the Cardinals with a contract that was just around a million dollars, which is really a pittance uh, in modern-day NFL. They could
0: have easily afforded him, but perhaps it was like Le'Veon Bell where he didn't want to stay for the money they were offering, so he went elsewhere and just kind of settled.
1: No, they he wanted to stay. But but I think the Steelers always knew that they were going to draft high-end. But, yeah, you're,
0: you're a big James Conner fan. I was watching that game – with someone who's in a league with both of us who owns James Conner, and he was telling me that he wanted to try and trade James Conner to you. And I said, well, Dave does own a James Conner jersey, but I don't think he's going to be buying James Conner right now. Well, what what's the
1: worst time to acquire a player after a 35-point performance? That's
0: exactly what I said. I said, Dave's not going to buy the player after he has three touchdowns.
1: I'm never going to buy someone at the pinnacle of their value. Yeah, That's crazy talk, crazy talk. Ah uh, well, what are you gonna do? He's gonna keep on keep on trucking. Keep on keeping on, Dave. Yeah.
0: Finish your beer so you can have a little bit of this beer. Here you go. Personal chain letter. With
1: some good bass right there.
0: That time of year to really enjoy stouts and brown ales and porters and stuff like that, yeah, and pot
1: roast and ribs and uh, your stick to your ribs kind of food. Yeah. Well, a lot of news, like you mentioned, and uh, we're gonna not dig as it. much as last week, no, <laughs> it was <a> news apocalypse,
0: <laughs> yeah. Everything. It was
1: a news tsunami. You just add apocalypse after uh, after every word that you discuss on a regular basis. But we've got player trends to go over. Um, and after this, we've also got some uh, target tracking. We're going to move into um, uh, some lineup questions that we have from the audience and out there on Twitter. And we have the J Cut Cutlist. So, so somehow we're going to have to get through all this stuff.
0: Okay, well, let's roll then. Uh, player trends, what we do is... We look at players who are trending up, trending down. Uh, three weeks in a row is our minimum that we want to look at. So three weeks in a row, pl- points going up. Three weeks in a row, points going down. Um, we do a pretty good job. At, and that's, you know, to narrow it down and to sort of point out why players are doing that, uh, whether or not we think that it'll continue mm-hmm. and, um, you know, etc. So Carson Wentz, the quarterback for the Indianapolis Colts who apparently uh, is expecting, uh, his wife is expecting a new baby on Sunday, I just read today, and he informed her that even if the baby comes on Sunday, he's playing. He's playing. <laughs> so it must not be his first child, is my only
1: guess. Or or his wife knows how much money he will be sacrificing by, by going to see the delivery, and he's like, 160000 think No.
0: I don't think that he would, I think he would still get paid if oh, he went.
1: I don't know, I'd have no idea. But I don't know how that works. I mean, no.
0: maybe the ownership is that cold. But you'd think that these guys get a paid day off every once in a while.
1: Well, not when they're scheduled to play.
0: (laughs) (laughs) They get one paid day off a year. Yeah. But I'm not sure.
1: I'm not sure. So,
0: uh, anyways, Wentz, week seven at San Francisco, put up 20.3. Week eight, home versus Tennessee, Mm 20.34. So it does go up. And then week nine versus the Jets, 24.18. So before this stretch, Wentz only had one game above 20 points. Now he's strung together three straight games um you know that are really good those three that I just mentioned. He's the quarterback 7 over the stretch of games. Now the Jets pass defense prior to this game prior to the last couple weeks had been doing very good. I suspect a lot of that had to do with the fact that teams were running on them but that you know that doesn't you can't necessarily discount the fact that teams weren't having any success throwing on them. Uh, They've had a little bit more lately, Um, and the game that Carson Wentz just had is actually the best game that anybody's had against the Jets' pass defense so far this year. The Colts' offense as a whole is really rolling. They've got Jonathan Taylor, who's playing very well. The Colts have scored 30-plus points in the last four straight games. He's also sort of developed a great connection with Michael Pittman Jr. Pittman has four touchdowns over the last three games. And the Colts are not on by until week 14, so if you're streaming quarterbacks, Carson Wentz is a great pickup right now. Um, He has good matchups coming up with three of his next four opponents giving up top 12 fantasy points to opposing quarterbacks. So I think that this is sort of the case of uh, a quarterback uh, and a team finally getting in the right rhythm, finally figuring things out. I do believe that we will see this team on Hard Knocks before we talk on a podcast next. Uh, or perhaps it'll be a Wednesday night airing. I'm not sure when this uh, when it starts. But uh, the Colts are on the mid-season Hard Knocks, which is a brand new thing. Uh, look for that on HBO. And we'll you know get a little bit of insight. I have no idea how they're going to handle it, if they're going to start from the beginning of the season or if they'll start from the current day when they really uh, start filming. So that'll be interesting to see. Anyways, point being that if you need a quarterback because you're a streaming quarterback kind of player – Carson Wentz is a really great option because he's got some, uh, you know, very easy matchups coming up. Um, I think only one of his matchups is against a tough team. It is Buffalo. So he plays Jacksonville, then Buffalo, and then he gets Tampa Bay and Houston before going on by in Week 14. Week 14, obviously, the week right before uh, the fantasy playoffs start. It's going to be a little difficult Uh, on on all of our teams with a with bye weeks in week 14 but at least uh you know we don't have buys the first week of the playoffs so if anything that was the reason to extend your fantasy season by one more week because there are buys in week 14 this year
1: there you go and we know jonathan taylor has put up great performances but i think it's really uh michael Pittman coming into his own that has helped out carson wentz a whole tremendous amount this season he's He's, uh, he's officially break, broken out and is the WR1 there. But with T.Y. Hilton maybe coming back over the next couple of weeks, then you're going to see uh, even more targets that are out there and available to those wide receivers. Um, I, I don't want to say that Carson Wentz is someone to pick up that will blow up, but I, I can see him scoring you know uh, 20, 20 points a game for the rest of the season. So. No,
0: definitely not a blow up. His highest point of the year is only 24.18 points. Mm-hmm. Point being, though, he, you know, in the last five weeks, it's 22.5, 17, 20.3, 20.3, 24.1. Like, if you're streaming quarterbacks, you're very happy with that kind of production.
1: Yeah, well, give giving people in Indiana something to be hopeful and happy about.
0: Sure. That's a wonderful thing that is really hard to come by <laughs> if you're in Indiana. I don't know. i'm sure there's
1: good stuff going on in indiana somewhere
0: yeah i'm sure that there is we'll find out from our friend who lives in indiana he can inform us because i can't think of any
1: we'll have to ask troy yeah they
0: have good disc golf courses there but it's a little bit cold now all right (laughs) moving on damian harris the running back in new england week seven at the jets he put up 24.3 week eight um over in la playing the chargers he put up 14 points Week 9 at Carolina, 9.8. So I think that Harris may have peaked this year against the Jets. Now he's not practicing with a concussion, so um, that's a whole other thing you need to look at. But, you know, assuming that he does get back on the field in a timely fashion, uh, we did see Ramondre Stevenson also out with a concussion at the moment. Um, He had 100 yards on 12 touches, and he was only in the game for 27%. Of the offensive snaps.
1: We already know that Ramondre Stevenson is is maybe the best running back on that squad from previous conversations, from watching film. But Bill Belichick's never going to let him be the RB1 for whatever reason. It's just one of those things. No, he's a
0: rookie. I think that he's working his way into it.
1: (laughs) Yeah, right. No one one ever on the Patriots has ever been uh, – I shouldn't talk in in, – Never, ever. <laughs> I shouldn't talk that way. but Bill
0: Belichick will do the opposite just to prove you wrong.
1: Going back years and years, um, it's, it's always a bad option to own a, an RB1 on New England and think that they're going to maintain that position for longer than three or four weeks at a right. time.
0: Avoid the curse of the Belichick RBs.
1: Or play them for three weeks and sell them <laughs> to someone else. Sorry, Mike. That's what I did. That's dangerous. Good for Uh, you. So
0: (laughs) Harris, he's not being used in the passing game much at all. He only has three targets once this year. That was like week one. Uh, Other than that, he's getting two, one, zero targets in the passing game. Uh, And as we know, like the secret to sort of sustain production, if you're going to get it from the running back position in New England, is that they catch passes a lot. Think of like James White, even a Rex Burkhead. Um, so two of the next three matchups for Harris are against teams giving up uh, the fewest uh, in the top 10 of giving up the fewest fantasy points to opposing running backs his buy is still coming up in week 14 his value is fading fast so yes trade him if you can um, but don't count on him much for the rest of the year because I don't like where this is trending for Mr. Harris Um, anything to say anything else to say about Harris nope Uh, Elijah Moore wide receiver for the Jets not to be confused with Elijah Mitchell both of them are rookies and that certainly confused me in the preseason anyways just to clarify that (laughs) Uh, week 7 at New England he put up 9.7 week 8 versus Cincinnati 10.1 and week 9 at Indianapolis 23.9 he had two touchdowns in that game which were not quite garbage touchdowns because he scored one of them pretty early um so he's had his share of targets um in the games that he's played so far this year so it's not like it's changed a lot
1: he had one from uh mike white and one from josh johnson
0: yes yes he did uh he did get catch a touchdown from mike white before white got injured um but what's been nice is that elijah moore has finally been able to capitalize on those targets the last couple of weeks and it's mostly been since zach wilson exited the picture um so it was uh last week with a combination of white and Johnson the week before with just Mike white. He's been playing a lot better. He has seven touches in each of the last two games, three touchdowns in the last three weeks. Um, so Moore is still only owned in 50% of flea flicker leagues. He's definitely worth a speculative ad for the rest of the season. Would you rather have like an Elijah Moore on your team or an Odell Beckham on your team at the moment? Uh, I
1: prefer people trending up. I just picked up Elijah Moore in a league, uh, this past waiver wire cycle. I think he's great. Um, in addition to the Zach Wilson commentary, I mean uh, Elijah Moore had a lot of hype preseason, uh, and he is a, a rookie that takes a little while to turn on the Jets. It looks like uh, um, it looks like he is Cheers to that one. he is coming into his own a little bit, which is what people expected. And the cool thing, and I think this is a valuable thing, not a lot of players get to demonstrate this, and it's probably a good thing that they don't. Uh, but being able to play with three different quarterbacks. Uh, <laughs> And and See still, and still have there. good uh, good games with all of them, especially the fact that the backup and the backup to the backup are still throwing the guy touchdowns. Uh, it, it speaks volumes, I think, about Elijah Moore more than it does about anything else in that situation.
0: Yeah, well put. So uh, this week they play Buffalo. Not a great matchup for him. Buffalo, it, despite being terrible last week, only gave up nine points. So I'm sure that they're out for blood this week, and the Jets are going to be the victim Um, in every sense of the word. So after that, he's got two great matchups against Miami and Houston. I like Elijah Moore going forward. Deontay Johnson is trending down at the moment. He's the wide receiver in Pittsburgh. Week 6 versus Seattle, 14.1 points. Week 8 at Cleveland, 12.8. And Week 9 versus Chicago, 9.2 points. Um, So it's true that the points are trending down, but I don't think it's anything to really be alarmed about. He's averaging 13.9 points per game this season, and he's been quite steady. He, He's the kind of guy with a high floor, low ceiling this year. Last year, he had a much higher ceiling, um, but I think that the way that the Steelers' offense has been running this year, it, it's sort of limited. Everybody's ceiling on that team to a certain extent. Maybe not Najee Harris, but everybody else.
1: Well, last year, we didn't have Najee Harris. Uh, we had an offensive line that was failing, uh, and James Conner that had injuries— uh, and a bunch of other people like Benny Snell and uh, Anthony McFarland that, that were not up to snuff, right? Yeah. So so that's the reason why he was peppered with targets last year. Um, but you're right. Uh, that's, that's all true enough.
0: Yep. So in weeks 6 and 8, he still had 13 targets per game. Uh, I wouldn't be too concerned that his targets dropped to only 6 on Monday night. Um, that was kind of a weird game. Um, the absence of Chase Claypool, he is now week-to-week, week, I believe. Is that right, Dave, with a ankle injury? He
1: has a toe injury. Toe. Um, but uh, apparently he, he's already been to the doctor and had MRIs, and the toe is not season-ending. There was some talk that it would be. Uh, uh, yeah. That was whispers, and so that probably means that maybe it was a, a turf toe or whispers some kind of
0: whispers that only Larry David can hear.
1: Some kind of bad fracture or a turf toe, which is a an injury that just continues onward forever. It's like
0: plantar fasciitis; it just doesn't go away.
1: Um, but but from what I've heard, uh, the week to week status might mean that. They are worried that he could re-injure it if he goes out right away, but that it should be something able to heal up if they were to leave him out. And so, the smart money is on uh, Claypool maybe not playing. We might see Deontay Johnson and James Washington is the is the one and twos out there. Yeah, um, which is fine because Washington uh, honestly has been great. He had like one reception on Monday, and it was for 47 yards. <laughs> yeah, that's true. It, it'd be fine if he had a couple more uh, snaps in the game.
0: Yeah, it, Washington's a guy who I tried to uh, make happen on some of my dynasty teams, and I eventually gave up on him. You tried to year.
1: make him happen. He never happened. He's though. like
0: fetch. It just wasn't going to happen. <laughs> yeah. Um, so he does. Uh, Johnson has tough wide receiver matchups coming up. So Detroit, 20th most points against the Chargers, 31st most. Cincinnati fourteenth, that's the best I could find in the next three weeks. Then he's middle that's middle of the pack at best. Um, so even with the emergence of Pat Fryermuth and these bad matchups, I still think that Deontay Johnson winds up getting an average uh for him number of targets. So um don't necessarily shy away from him even though he's been trending down a little bit.
1: Yeah, I mean Ben Ben and that offense will still continue to lean on him. Uh, so if, if you play him, you can expect that, uh, that eight to 10 target floor, probably. Yep.
0: So speaking of Pat Friar uh, he's the tight end in Pittsburgh. He scored 9.3 points week six against Seattle week eight. He put up eight point, or I'm sorry, 12.4 in Cleveland and week nine, just on Monday night against Chicago, two touchdowns was the tight end one to the week, 18.8 points. He's had 20 targets in his last three games. Uh, he only had 13 targets through his first five games, and that is because Dave, you just told me this, right before we air- we started.
1: Uh, well, because of Eric Ebron, yeah, mm-hmm. who was
0: the primary pass catcher in those first five games, that has shifted over to Friermuth.
1: Now, I I should be clear on this, and and something that that Sean Foss, who is our rookie expert, college football expert for Drink Five and a and a regular contributor there, has mentioned on Twitter. Uh, and follow him if you don't already. It's Sean underscore Foss, at Sean underscore Foss on Twitter. Yeah. Uh, but what something he said uh, when someone was talking about this Friarmouth versus Ebron thing uh, obviously it's important if he's able to get those targets that were going to Ebron, but that was only like two or three targets per game. It wasn't a ton. But the distinction is that, um, is that Eric Ebron was the guy that they would go to specifically.
0: Yeah, Eric Ebron was probably the guy who was running pass routes.
1: Yeah, and and, and Friarmouth then wasn't or wasn't in the game at all under those snap conditions. Uh, and now uh, I know that they want him to be their primary guy. Uh, and so you should feel confident starting Friermuth knowing that this was bound to happen. It's what the Steelers wanted to happen the whole time they were planning for Friar Muth to take over the job.
0: He is definitely in the game a lot more now. 60 78 71% of offensive snaps uh, the last three weeks. He is, in fact, so I said he was the tight end one last week. He's the tight end one over the last three weeks. He had about 20 points in his first five weeks. He's now the tight end 14 for the whole season. Mm-hmm. And we're through eight games for the Steelers, uh, nine games for a lot of other guys. So it's very much a... a Blossoming for Friarmouth. He's only owned in 55% of Flea Flicker leagues, so whatever your platform, he's probably available in at least some of your leagues. His catch percent in the year is great. 81.8%. Um, he was leading the league for a little while. Uh, I remember when I looked it up a few weeks ago, uh, he was definitely north of 90%. His targets have increased. you got to expect it to go down a little bit.
1: I don't think I do, and here's why. Here's a fun stat about uh, Friermuth that you may not know. He's from Penn State, right? That's, yeah. the, that's where he went to college. He didn't drop a single pass in the red zone across three seasons in Penn State. He never dropped one single pass.
0: No drops. Correct. He okay. had
1: 92 catches for 1,185 yards and 16 touchdowns. In all of that time, if it was in the red zone, he never dropped a single pass.
0: That's impressive. So, um, <laughs> if you don't catch a target, it doesn't necessarily mean it's a drop. Sure, it could uh, be a considered. A target could be something that's knocked away. Sure. Um, or you know, something that's not catchable enough. Um, but yeah, I mean. Uh, he's been very impressive. I think that he'll be able to keep this up Yeah. because if he's going to be thrown the ball, uh, he's going to be catching it, and he's going to be producing, which leads us into our target tracking because he was the first person that I thought of when you said, let's analyze some guys, let's see how their targeting trends are going and, and see what they're doing. And Pat Fryermuth in his 7, 7, and 6 targets over the last um, – over the last three games are are very impressive compared to his 13 total targets in the first five. Um, I I really like Pat Fryermuth. I do believe that he'll be a top 10 tight end when the season ends. And he certainly is right now. Um,
1: Yeah. And and he needs to be starting regardless of what situation or uh, what direction they end up going in. uh, I personally think, and I don't want to wax too much about the Steelers, but I I think that they will pick up uh, a veteran quarterback rather than drafting a rookie. That's how I see them doing this because they have enough pieces to still be Or
0: or it could be both I suppose but yeah, yeah.
1: for sure getting the veteran. Because they have they have so many offensive weapons that they're not going to they're not going to they don't need to drop down and rebuild. Hey, they
0: know Aaron Rodgers likes to wear yellow.
1: Aaron Rodgers is actually one of the top candidates to be the Steelers next quarterback. And I have to say that if that occurred, uh, we could see some more uh Lombardi trophies. I mean, look, he's future. the top
0: candidate for Green Bay, Denver, <laughs> Pittsburgh, yeah, know, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sure Carolina would like to have him. Like, but anybody with like a decent offense and yeah. a quarterback need is going to be throwing the kitchen sink at Aaron Rodgers.
1: But regardless of that, to your point, if you're in a dynasty league, uh, the move is going to be around for a while. Muth. As, as will Najee Harris, as will Deontay Johnson. So they have the pieces. Do no- you
0: think that they would have, in the absence of Heath Miller, do you think they would have gone with the move, or or did everyone just like? Do it once and remember, oh, wait, that's not Heath Miller out there.
1: Well, there was a discussion <laughs> uh, uh, around Steelers fans before the season began whether th- people would, would, would go Fryer or Mooth and there was a clear winner there. I
0: mean, yeah, I don't think Fryer is a very good chance.
1: But it's not just Heath. That was extremely popular in Pittsburgh. But, like, you look at Cooper Cup and, and people go, Coop. Coop. So it's yeah. just a thing. It, yeah,
0: anybody who's got the <laughs> ooh sound of their name yeah. and, and does good things in the game.
1: Yeah, if you want your, your kid to be uh, a football player, then name him something with like a double vowel sound or a long E or a long A. It, it's got to carry through the stadium. <laughs> yeah, this is what we should be thinking about when uh, when siring children, obviously.
0: If, uh, what professional sports they're going to play, of yeah, course. Yeah, is it soccer? What else are you going to think about?
1: Are they a professional musician or a professional sports star? I don't know.
0: They could be an actor, I suppose, ah. but only like an action star. <laughs> <laughs> um,
1: so, yeah, targets, uh, we're, we're going to be tracking those. Uh, we, we we talk about this a little bit when we go through player trends, uh, and I think that's super valuable. In this case, uh, they don't have to be trending uh, up or down specifically in subsequent weeks in fantasy. Fantasy points. We're only looking at how many targets they have, if they're rising or falling, or if they're starting to get a lot when before they didn't have any or very many at all. Right. Uh, so we're going to start with Cole Beasley, who week six had nine targets, week eight, 13 targets, and week nine, 11. A lot of targets, obviously. Yeah. He did have a strong start to his season. But he had only two targets in weeks four and five, then has bounced back after, uh, over the last three contests, averaging 11 targets during that time. He's still only scored one touchdown on the year, but Cole Beasley is not a touchdown machine. Uh, the average length of, of catch on all those targets over the past three weeks is only seven yards. That is not ideal for no. for standard scoring leagues, so I wouldn't expect that in standard scoring leagues anyone really has Cole Beasley rostered a, as an active wide receiver. No, um, he's
0: a PPR monster, but yeah. he had eight catches for 33 yards last week or something like that. Right, Disappointing, to say the least. So
1: the pure volume of usage keeps him in the flex conversation, but mostly for half PPR and PPR leagues. In fact, in PPR leagues, because of the uh, large amount of targets, you could even uh, slot him into a wide receiver three uh, position on your team comfortably. I think defenses are playing Bills over the, the Bills over the top, especially over the past couple weeks. So that's leaving the short gain underneath plays available, and there's not any reason that I can see to doubt his continued production in the passing game. Uh, you mentioned earlier uh, the the issues that the Buffalo Bills were having and the the horrible loss they suffered to the Jacksonville Jaguars. Yeah, um, that may just because be because of like some kind of voodoo doll uh, or or something that uh, the coach of the Jaguars keeps under his bed. Um, he needed a win or else. He hey, was... the
0: Jaguars are two and two ever since uh, Urban partied with the college girls. So maybe there's some to that.
1: That's a boost to his stats.
0: Yes, a boost somewhere.
1: Plus five agility. Uh, Another bill, we'll just keep that talking about Buffalo for this short period of
0: time. So I just wanted to bring up, I had one more thing to say about Cole Beasley. I actually, um, and I I have a point to what I'm bringing up. I actually made a trade this week. I had Cole Beasley and um, uh, Stephon Diggs on the same team. And I was offered a trade for Stephon Diggs. And so um, I I was okay with it, especially because I felt like I had – at least as strong of a wide receiver uh, fantasy-wise this year because Beasley this year is sort of matching um, Diggs's fantasy production, not the last couple of weeks, but over the season um, because Diggs has struggled so much.
1: Well, very different receivers. but
0: Very different, absolutely, but I don't care how people gain their points. I only care how many there are at the end of the game. That's not
1: true, but I understand your point.
0: So, my my point for this is, though, uh, an interesting thing happened uh, while making the trade. So, this was Sunday morning. I was um, in a a rush to go do things on Sunday morning uh, and trying to uh, move on from the morning football preparations. I was offered the trade of Joe Mixon for Mm -hmm. Stefan Diggs, straight up. And I immediately said yes. And, of course, this wasn't like an official offer on the site. It was a message to me. It was a text, right? And I immediately said yes. And When you are negotiating with someone for a trade, never immediately say yes. Right. I mean, this was... I I was was in a hurry. It wasn't an actual offered trade. I was in a hurry. (laughs) The trade We wound up making the trade. Uh, I had to throw in a little bit more to make the trade, though. Because the person I was trading with is a freaking salesman, and he knew that he could put the screws to me for a little bit more. Mm -hmm. And he did, and I still... I mean, Mixon put up 25 points, and I, you know, I'm fine with the trade in the end.
1: No, what you have to say is uh, is propose the trade in the league, and I'll look at it.
0: Right. So, because whenever someone texts you a trade actually. offer, don't appear too eager. <laughs> don't even respond like instantly unless you just want to be like, "Oh, that's interesting." He knew that I'll you
1: consider it. He knew that you had to buy a car that day, and uh, yeah, and he didn't. But have any I said
0: time. yes immediately, and yeah. he's like. Now, hang on a minute. And I was like, damn it. I, 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 I'm going to make this happen, but now i got to pay a little more for it. When
1: you're playing fantasy with salespeople.
0: Yeah, I mean, that's just, you know, I wouldn't purposely invite salespeople to your league. <laughs> they find their way into it anyways.
1: Well, imagine a, a whole league just filled with salespeople, like a used car dealership that has a fantasy league.
0: Oh, that sounds like a very toxic environment.
1: I guess you, you can't have the salespeople selling it to each other. You have to have like... uh, Yeah,
0: they would just be screwing each other. You'd have to have like... Like I said, a very toxic environment.
1: Two divisions, half salespeople and half not not. salespeople.
0: (laughs) Who the hell is going to volunteer to be on the not salespeople division? I don't know. Oh, do you want to get to this question in the chat or do you want to handle that when we go to the chat?
1: Yeah, we can wait until questions come up as he suggested. Got it. Uh, Devin Singletary, week six, five targets. Week eight, one target. Week nine, eight targets. Uh, So uh, first of all... Coming out of the box a a little bit um, chaotic, Uh, but that has been the story with Singletary and Zach Moss on Buffalo. Uh, Singletary has seen usage all season, especially early in the season, but then Zach Moss was beginning to usurp the majority of the snaps and carries in the backfield before he was injured last Sunday. He had a concussion in the third quarter of the game last Sunday versus Jacksonville. Singletary had eight targets in the passing game last week and would likely also be the beneficiary of most of Moss's carries, and that is 10.3 rushing attempts per game this season. Uh, that makes him a must-start RB1, I think, putting up a top 10 performance, almost regardless of the team that he's going up against, if Zach Moss is, in fact, shelved for Week 10. Um, we're throwing out the tape on last week's 6-9 loss
0: against Jacksonville. Uh, I, I really Jacksonville is the only one who cares about that tape.
1: I don't think that it's, it's going to be indicative of any uh, major issues with the Bills. I think that... Uh, Jacksonville either had their number or like weird variables occurred to create that situation. So
0: there is a thing going on with uh, Buffalo, which I wish I could remember where I heard this analysis so I could give them credit. Um, So just suffice to say, this isn't all my own research, but what's happening there is that defenses are almost strictly playing uh, an over-the-top defense to prevent the big play against the Bills, Mm -hmm. and they're really struggling against it. They're unable to sort of um, really work the running game and the underneath game efficiently enough to cause teams to then bring those safeties back down, Um, which which means that You know, Stephon Diggs is not getting free for all those big gains. Uh, I think because Dawson Knox hasn't been around, that's hurt them as well over the middle in the shorter game. He should be back uh, this week or next week, uh, which should improve that. And if Devin Singletary, you know, sometimes I feel like when teams are able to uh, focus on just one back and really get them going, that it improves their running game a lot. If that can happen with Devin Singletary in the absence of Zach Moss, um, I, I really think that they can sort of turn their offense around and get it to the point where uh, you saw it last year. But fantasy-wise, like, um, Cole Beasley's playing well. The the running backs are relevant. Josh Allen is, like, the number one quarterback this year. So it's not as if they're doing terrible as far as fantasy goes, but it doesn't look great on the field.
1: Well, they had a lot of games where they're scoring 30, 40 points, and, but the— to your point, there there have been some where it looks like people have their number a bit. So that tends to happen whenever you have a high-flying offense that is scoring out of control numbers is that some teams are going to try to find uh, their weak points.
0: I would assume that, essentially, they watched what the Steelers did against them in week one, uh, or the Jaguars did, and Yeah. Jaguars watched what the Steelers did against the Bills in week one yeah. and said, let's try that. And it worked. Yeah, but I'd
1: like to see uh, you know, Singletary go out there uh, if Moss is not playing and score big points, you know, 20 plus fantasy points uh uh then we can say that the truth is out there. You know, we can X-files that shit. Oh, that's right. Uh, that's his nickname. Brandon Ayuk. I forgot about that. <laughs> Brandon Ayuk week the 7 truth. one target, week 8 seven targets, week 9 eight targets. Brandon, uh, fantasy team managers, had such high hopes for you this season. There was a huge hype train. In He's the...
0: not good enough to get the, are you?
1: <laughs> I call him Brandon. There was a huge hype train in the preseason, <laughs> but a combination of Ayuk seemingly in Kyle Shanahan's doghouse and not playing football at the top of his game over the first seven weeks of 2021 left him on the waiver wires in a lot of fantasy leagues. But in weeks 8 and 9, Ayuk surprised a lot of folks. We just talked about it with 7 and 8 targets respectively and averaging 12.1 fantasy points over those two games. Now that represents uh, superior performance and higher target totals than any other grouping of games so far this year. So clearly he's doing better and the 49ers offense is doing better. I have to uh, say that a lot of that is because of the success of the run game finally working with Elijah Mitchell. Uh, and, uh, and Mitchell surprisingly, uh, is the guy who is trusted by Shanahan who has gone out there is that one cut running back that Shanahan loves. Yeah. For some reason, everybody always thinks that there's going to be all these running backs to get involved in the 49ers run game, uh, within a
0: Shanahan team, it's generally one guy. It's because there are a lot of running backs every year and that's because of injuries at any point, one of them can do it, but it's always only one guy.
1: Yeah. So as long as Mitchell is not injured, he is the running
0: back. Well, now, they clearly don't want anything to do with uh, Trey Sermon, Well, it's who not, is a higher draft pick for them.
1: But it doesn't matter to Shanahan, right? It doesn't. If you can do your job and not fumble the ball, then you are the guy. And they, Jeff Wilson, there was all this crazy hype about Jeff Wilson, and I didn't buy into any of it this particular year. He came back from IR and was available for that game and got zero. Uh, I think he had zero snaps. So he's basically just another body in the backfield. The guy is Mitchell, okay? You have George Kittle coming back as well, and he performed to a high level. You have Debo Samuel, who is performing to a ridiculous level with 10-plus targets so far this year consistently. Uh, he did have a couple off games early, but his target count has never really dropped. And, and so with Debo, with George Kittle, with Mitchell, uh, I think Ayuk can find and carve out his place and it seems to me, if we monitor the, the target development and we see over the last two weeks what has happened with the seven and eight targets and the positive growth of the 49ers offense, there's no reason why Ayuk won't be an every week staple in that offense. I'm not saying that he is an every week starter for your team, but he is now officially rosterable and should be on fantasy rosters uh, as a depth piece or a flex piece for for every game. Um, it is the beginning of the year, we, we saw Ayuk had so many hurdles, and he was uh, he was fumbling the ball, and he was missing passes in the end zone. Um, but this is one of those things where it takes a while sometimes for things to click. And let's be honest, the 49ers offense was not doing him any favors either. And so if everything is working together the way it should, the 49ers might end up being that team uh, that we thought they were at the beginning of the year. When you look at Things like the MLB, where you have 162 games in a season, and teams can go up and down several times, you know, four or five times in a season. They, yeah. they can trend up and trend down. Uh, in the NFL, that tends to only happen once. Uh, maybe in a rare occasion it can happen twice. But for the 49ers, they were very much low on their game, and now they're hitting a high note. Uh, it, it, it seems to me that when you see those trends and momentum shifting in the NFL, they tend to carry through... Uh, a quarter or a half of a season, so I would expect for the uh, the Forty Nineers' offense and Ayuk in general to be good over the next six games.
0: Um, yeah, I mean, your your logic there is sound. <laughs> well, I
1: appreciate that. So, so that that's our our trends and. Uh, well, and, you call him Brandon. What can I say? Well, Brandon. Uh, if you call someone Brandon, it just seems like he's like your um is like your your uncle or like your nephew or something. You're like, no, it's just Brandon, don't worry. It's
0: a quote of the show so far.
1: It's not a problem. He's just a Brandon. <laughs> 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 um so uh let's let's talk about uh, last week's bet real quick. Uh okay. and uh, then get on to some listener questions. While
0: I bring the bet up. Okay, so we had a slightly more successful bet last week, uh, that being we didn't lose to the team, to the players that we didn't pick. Uh, we stuck those with Jess, and she had to pay for some whiskey. Uh-huh. <laughs> so, um, you uh, won the week, congratulations Dave, with your lineup of... Justin Herbert, Najee Harris, Emmanuel Sanders, and Travis Kelsey. Sounds good to me. Uh, Well, Kelsey and Herbert were both very good players. They were both the, I believe, number two on the week at their respective positions. So, uh, well done. And um, I only had, uh, like, Darren Waller and Jalen Waddell, Dak Prescott. Um, well,
1: if I recall correctly, you picked those players and then you looked at them and you were like, maybe these aren't the best team that I could have assembled.
0: I, You know, I wasn't thrilled <laughs> with it. Um, you know, I like Darren Waller. I liked Jalen Waddell. Um, Dak Prescott, obviously not the pick over Justin Herbert. What are you going to do? Play another week. So we had some Glenn Fittich 12-year earlier. That was uh, what we went with as the um, winning uh, whiskey, so that was it's good stuff. I, I really like that Scotch.
1: Yeah, so you'll see that on the podcast over the coming weeks. Probably not too many weeks, but but maybe three many weeks. Um, <laughs> and uh, I'm I'm gonna take a little shot of uh, bourbon here. Would you like some? Cheers.
0: I- I'm good on the bourbon now. We've got a big weekend of drinking ahead of us. Perhaps. Uh, cheers. I'm really enjoying this personal chain letter as well.
1: That's great. Uh, so we're gonna we're gonna uh, shove ourselves right into some some quick questions and try to get through some of these quickly. Okay, you so, want to address what uh, somebody asked in the chat room? Yeah.
0: So Troy in the chat room asks us uh, in a PPR league, it's a flex position. He's got Miles Gaskin, Jarvis Landry, Brandon Ayuk, and my uh, uh Michael Gallup. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I know where they're all at on your flex list. If you want me to. Uh, Spit that out. Um, no. But basically, you know, we just talked about Ayuk. Um, Gaskin has. Are we we um, just
1: asking for one in PPR?
0: Just one in PPR. Yep. Um, I, I cross Gallup off right away because he hasn't been really playing. Ayuk, um, interesting, but probably not going to be as good as Landry, uh, where Landry is now moved up to being the top wide receiver on Didn't his team. Didn't work for him last week. Um, you mean like going with. Landry over Ayuk?
1: No, I mean, Landry was the top receiver on his team last week as well, but it didn't result in any fantasy points. It's true. It's true. I'm going to go with Ayuk here. We just talked about him. Uh, I don't know where he's ranked on my list, but I'm redoing the rankings uh, tomorrow anyway, so it, it matters little. Um, you know, these these things change all the time, but I, I'm gonna go with him. Um, knowing that in PPR, he's probably going to get that same amount of uh, seven or eight targets in a 49ers offense that's uh that's swimming along happily. So, do you like uh Gaskin or Landry?
0: Um, I, I kind of go with Gaskin because he's going to be the guy getting a lot more opportunity um Landry probably has a nice ceiling especially in PPR but they play the Patriots and what the Patriots do is take away the best weapon on a team and especially if Nick Chubb isn't playing you know they can't just take away the run game they have to they take away a weapon and that's going to be you know that's going to be Landry so they're going to they're going to focus on Landry so that they can't throw the ball as much leaving the rest of the team to stop the run
1: I just can't get behind Landry. I had him on my team. I have him on two teams. I picked him up thinking that this would be the case, just like you're saying. But in PPR, he scored uh 4.1 last week, 10 before that, 8.7 in week 7, and then week 2 he had 1.9. So with the exception of week 1, he has basically been unstartable in uh in PPR. Uh, regardless of the number of targets he's getting, it's just not working out. In a, in a win last week in Cincinnati 41 to 16. Uh, the guy only had eleven yards, so yeah. I can't I can't trust a person like that until he puts up a solid performance.
0: And this week, it's a Thursday night game, but it's in for Gaskin. It's in Miami. They're playing Baltimore. Baltimore's giving up the ninth most points to opposing running backs. So between a Landry and um, a Landry and Gaskin question, I would go with Gaskin. I am. Not opposed to going with uh, Brandon Ayuk here, though.
1: Great. Well, I I think they you... play the
0: Rams this week, and you know that the Rams will focus. You know, uh, you know if if they're going to go uh, best on best, then Debo Samuel is going to be the one who has to go up against um, what's his face and Kittle. Well, I'm talking about Jalen Ramsey. Oh, guarding, yeah. you know, sure. Adibo Samuel leaving Ayuk with the second option, meaning that he'll, you know, he'll see a lot of, he'll get a lot of attention from the quarterback.
1: Well, that's why I, that's one of the reasons I like him is because he's that wr two that's coming into his own on a team that is has an offense that's starting to click. It just seems like a good uh, uh, trending situation. But uh, you're right. Gaskin had 15.7 points last week and 17.7 two weeks prior. Uh, the problem is that he's on an every other week thing right now. Yeah. And, and this is the other week.
0: I know. It's, I, <laughs> look, I've been riding with Gaskin on a couple teams this year, and it's not been a fun ride. Like Occasionally he puts up a number for you that you're happy with, but um, it, it all it does is get you to start him in those off weeks. And it doesn't it doesn't make any
1: sense that there would be an on off, but you know sometimes it's just things don't
0: make sense. So I would go Gaskin or Ayuk, flip a coin, and then Landry and then uh, Gallup.
1: Yeah, I mean, do you want to start a running back, which probably has the higher floor, as compared to the wide receiver who probably has the higher ceiling? Gaskin's
0: definitely got a higher floor. He's had a week with like in this case double digit targets this year. You know, I'd like to see that more often.
1: So that goes out to uh, Troy. We know a couple Troys, It's uh, but it, we don't need to use all the names. Uh, you know who you are, and uh, we suggest Gaskin or um, Ayuk, but not Landry, not Gallup. Gallup might be good, but Gallup, uh, there's a lot of talent already on that uh, Cowboys team. Yeah. So he even when he uh, um, becomes healthy again and plays... He's still going to be the WR three. Players
0: though. coming back from injury named Christian McCaffrey are the players that you start right away.
1: Well, Amari Cooper and Ceedee Lamb are the most uh, of
0: the other players who come back from injury. It's safe to wait a week, you know, to see how things are going to shake out. Um, so we had another question. Um, <laughs> uh, T. Foss asks us: Patrick Mahomes or Derek Carr? And the interesting thing is, do you actually? Consider this, and uh, because it's Patrick Mahomes, but yes, you gotta consider it. They're playing each other right now. Derek Carr gets the Swiss cheese Chiefs defense this week.
1: You never start Derek Carr with Patrick Mahomes.
0: I know, but isn't it worthy of consideration? No, I mean, like a question that isn't ridiculous <laughs> is, is what I'm saying. Like it's surprising that you know the question is a valid question to me. Um. Like, do we want to sit Mahomes? He's been struggling. No, you don't sit Mahomes because all your alternative is Derek Carr.
1: No, you're, I mean, you're right. You, you have to consider every option. Uh, I have Mahomes currently at 4 and Carr at 13. Uh, I am not going to start Derek Carr over Patrick Mahomes in almost any circumstance. Uh, but there is a real possibility that Carr scores more points. It's just not more likely than not. Okay, and I'm always gonna do what is more likely than of not. Of course, of course. All <laughs> right? yeah. Wouldn't wouldn't it be silly of me to operate in the thirty percent rather than the seventy?
0: Uh, I know, and that's what that's what we're going. You play the percentages in fantasy football, yeah. Because over the long term, it works out for you. You play the percentages here. You don't get cute. You stick with Patrick Mahomes.
1: Yeah. Don't don't start the Raiders over the Chiefs. You're crazy.
0: Yeah. Uh. So another. So here's a trade evaluation. Uh. In a dynasty superflex league, this uh Troy again um. And, and guys, we'll answer all your questions if you send them into us. All you got to do is send them into us. Um, he's going to receive Chuba Hubbard, T. Higgins, and C. D. Lamb two third-round picks for next year to give up Amari Cooper, Chris Godwin, and Tyler Lockett. Now, I suspect that this trade, this trade was definitely given to me before the um, uh, you know Godwin being sized for a walking boot type of news. Um, but the, you know, essentially, the question is do you give up the talent now for the talent in the future on a team that isn't going anywhere this year and in dynasty i you know i think i'd pull the trigger on that trade
1: yeah that seems fine to me although i again like i would have to look at the league itself and what the trades look like in the league and like there's a lot of variables here that and, we're not yeah, talking about yeah
0: it depends on what the value of players are in leagues like there are I, I, I'm in many leagues as as a, most of the people who are going to be listening to a fantasy football podcast and uh, you get to know the trade market in your league and sometimes players are evaluated at very strange uh, rates especially with draft picks um, compared to other leagues so but but you know, in one league that a player might be worth four first round picks they're only worth two first round picks in another league and that's just the way that the leagues go okay you want to uh, handle a few of the questions?
1: Yeah, we just need to lightning around this stuff. So, uh, Live OC Girl, Noah Fant versus Eagles, or Friar Muth versus the Lions. Muth! Uh, I, I, think, uh, I think Muth versus the Lions. Muth verth the Lions.
0: Ride the hot hand.
1: Uh, Although uh, Fanta coming back from previously being on the COVID list uh, could put up a a good performance against the Eagles, Uh, I think, uh, yeah, the hot hand wins. Uh, Your Bud Terry. Uh, Who do I throw in my flex with this week? We've got Miles Gaskin. We talked about him earlier. Uh, uh, Daryl Henderson, uh, James Conner, or Emmanuel Sanders. That's not PPR, just a standard league.
0: So... cross out gaskin and sanders because connor and henderson are top running backs those are the two you got to consider in my book um i would go with daryl henderson because he has the higher floor
1: i go with james connor because ride the hot hand um don't worry 6996 who should i bench out of these four this week two are my wide receivers and one is a flex uh i guess that doesn't really matter if we're just asking who we should bench right
0: so, we're just picking one of these players not to start.
1: Yeah. DK Metcalf versus Green Bay. Terry McLaurin versus Tampa. DJ Moore versus Arizona. Michael Pittman versus Jacksonville. I will bench DJ, DJ Moore. Moore with uh, PJ Walker as his quarterback. Yeah. DJ Moore. Uh, at Brendan too Kinney. Too many initials going on there. I've reached that point. I mean, we my... learned
0: tonight. Don't go with too many initials. Thank you,
1: Bruce. Brendan Kinney. I've reached that point in my fantasy football season where I'm dropping, adding frantically each week and only making things worse. We agree. <laughs> at. At uh, a Diaz4X, out of these four monsters, who should I bench this week? DeAndre Hopkins versus Carolina, Mike Williams versus Minnesota, Tyler Lockett at Green Bay, or Melvin Gordon versus Philadelphia? Uh, DeAndre Hopkins probably not playing, so there you go. Uh,
0: if they all play, Mike Williams versus Minnesota. He's been struggling lately.
1: He's been struggling, but he's still playing. Hopkins. Then uh, Melvin Gordon. How has Melvin Gordon been doing?
0: I don't know, but I have Javante Williams, and I want Melvin Gordon to go away. (laughs) No, okay, that's a very biased decision.
1: I say you you bench Hopkins even if he plays because he's going to be one of those uh, situations in which he's out there as a distraction. He's like
0: Christian McCaffrey. If he plays, you've got to play
1: him. I don't know. This has happened before where he's been out there. Dave, this has all happened before, and this will all happen again. The Bears and Birds. Which RB is better in fantasy football this week? Kenyon Drake versus it's Kansas City? one of those City.
0: Bears and Cardinals fans. I don't even want to answer. No, I'm
1: kidding. Devonta Freeman versus Miami, Elijah Mitchell versus the Rams, or Jordan Howard versus Denver? Uh, I, I kind of like the return of Joe Ho to work for two weeks until Miles Sanders comes back. That's interesting. Uh, Kenyon Drake actually has been doing has well. Has anyone
0: ever called him Joe Ho? I have. I know, but like, <laughs> you know, more than five minutes ago?
1: I don't know. <laughs> Um I I, I I really like uh Elijah Mitchell and continue to like him as the guy who is the the um uh the uncontested number one back for the San Francisco 49ers. They are playing the Rams, which is a tough matchup, but I I I say Mitchell over all of them.
0: Yeah, I would go Mitchell, Freeman, Howard, Drake. All right, and the Jake Drake's been surprisingly productive lately though.
1: Yeah, that I and I said that too. Like uh in Drake especially if it's a um if it's a PPR league, uh Mitchell has been getting some targets in the passing game too, but Kenyon Drake could get like 9, you know, in yeah. a, in a game.
0: I mean, he's got I think three straight weeks of 15 points or something
1: but what I what I like to do is eliminate uh eliminate the the chaotic variables and the Raiders are a chaos variable to me oh yeah so if well I can put. eliminate the Raiders I, I'm gonna do that
0: I mean you know our friend is a Raiders fan so let's not eliminate the Raiders but you know
1: the J cut list we're gonna go over uh, some of these players that should be cut off your team a lot of them uh, have already been cut and these are just uh, uh, reminders Uh, But we're going to list also the Flea Flicker percentages of uh, how much they are owned in leagues across that uh, league management service. So uh, let's just switch off, uh, if you don't mind. I'll go quarterback, Sam Darnold, 45%. Obviously, he's going to be out for four weeks. No reason to roster him. Daniel Jones, 66%. I don't know why that number is so high. Uh, Daniel Jones probably should never have been rostered in the first his place. His floor
0: is high because of his rushing, but they haven't been doing that as much lately.
1: Do you have Daniel Jones on a team right now? No. Okay. Because if you did, cut him.
0: <laughs> well, they're not even playing this week.
1: Tua to Tungavailoa. Uh, he is also probably going to be injured for this week because of uh, uh, the, the problem that he had um, that started last week. And so we're going to see Jacoby Brissett under center for Miami, I think, one more time. But even if he wasn't, the only reason why Tua was on starting list last week is because of his opponent, not because of how good he was. Correct. Uh, so cut him and roster somebody else. Trevor Lawrence, also 70% owned in Flea Flicker Leagues. Uh, this guy has the ability to be a good quarterback. However, uh, right now we're only seeing flashes, and flashes are not enough to start.
0: I was going to say a similar thing. He'll be a good quarterback since day i don't think it's going to be this year
1: all right running backs
0: uh kenneth gainwell of the uh, eagles obviously we're seeing joho as you call him yeah
1: he got all the carries uh doing all the work there not boston scott not gainwell it's joho
0: chuba hubbard uh caught him because McCaffrey is back khalil herbert he played well, but as soon as David Montgomery got back, Claire Herbert's back in the four to six carry range.
1: Yep, non existent.
0: And Jeremy McNichols is not gonna be the guy there in Tennessee.
1: It's AP, even though AP is not that good, he is the guy.
0: But it's him and it's um there was one other guy there, isn't there?
1: I don't know. Like the you're... third
0: down back. I forget his name.
1: Not sure who you're referring to.
0: No, neither do I. I mean, I don't know who I'm referring to. And this is supposed to be a fast. Wide segment. receivers. It takes me a while to find the name of. Um, well, I couldn't even find it Jaco-
1: Jacoby Meyer is 63 percent he uh was pretty good in PPR leagues because he was getting a lot of targets per game and uh in, in managing that like 10 to 12 points but he has since fallen off a little bit uh and he is not getting those targets and receptions like he was earlier in the year uh might have something to do with uh with Mac Jones or Belichick or the offensive scheme I don't know but if he's not doing well you don't keep him on your team so cut him Van Jefferson a lot of hype for him uh this past week Surely he'll be the guy that can pick up some of those Deshaun Jackson, uh, you know, down the field stretch passes, right? He will be. Don't call me. Fifty-one (laughs) percent. No, you're just you're just playing at Van Jefferson. Don't start him. Don't roster him. Uh, Oh,
0: I disagree. Hold on to Van Jefferson. His stock is rising.
1: Nope. Uh, They have Robert Woods and they have uh, Cooper Cooper Cup, Cup, and that's all they need. They are not gonna. That's a Boomer Bust candidate who is worse than Robbie Anderson right now. Rondale Moore, 51%. Uh, He has been such a back-and-forth guy with the Cardinals. And right now when you have A.J. Green on the COVID list and you have – Uh, DeAndre Hopkins, who's injured. It seems like Rondale Moore would be the guy, but it it turns out... turns out it's James Conner. It's James (laughs) Conner. Jarvis Landry, 82%. I have him on the hot seat. That means he's highlighted in red ink here on my sheet. But what that really means... My sheet, too. What that really means for us is if Jarvis Landry doesn't perform for one more game, you have to cut him and get him off of your lineup.
0: That's fair. I mean... That the passing offense hasn't produced any regular starters in years.
1: Nope. Donovan Peoples-Jones scores more points than Jarvis Landry, and you're not starting Donovan Peoples-Jones. No. So why would you start jarvis You don't even Landry? want to start
0: Ricky Seals-Jones.
1: LaVisca Chenault is another guy who is a super hype monster, but it's just not working out. The problem is uh, is a combination of things, but is mostly Trevor the Lawrence. chemistry between Trevor Lawrence and any receiver on that team that is not the, the tight the fact end.
0: that when they win games, they score nine points.
1: Mo Alley oh go ahead, tight ends.
0: <laughs> Mo Alley Cox, twenty nine percent. Look, he scores a touchdown every once in a while. That's all. That doesn't mean you keep him on your team.
1: He had a period of time where he was the guy, but Jack Doyle, I think, is the guy again.
0: Uh Johnu Smith, fifty two percent. Um obviously Hunter Henry is the guy that you want there. And then Austin Hooper, fifty one percent. What were we just saying about the Cleveland Browns passing offense? Nope. Stay the F away from that.
1: That's right. Yeah,
0: that's right. So, um yeah, that was a good lightning round.
1: Good, we did something quickly. It doesn't always happen that way. It pretty much
0: never happens that way.
1: (laughs) Um... And I uh, want to make sure that everybody knows uh, that is listening on YouTube. Well, you've gotten to the end or you've skipped there. Uh, we'd, we'd really appreciate it if you would subscribe to this channel so that you could see when these things come out. Also, click the uh, the like button if you enjoyed this particular episode. And ring the bell if you want to get notifications when new episodes are launched and put up there as a scheduled stream. Jason, what do you want to tell the folks about Drink5.com?
0: Uh, go to Drink5.com, check out all the great stuff we have there. Dave's rankings are exclusively available all by themselves on drink 5com It's where you can find the rookie report. It's where you can get confidence pool tips. It's where you can read my column statistically insignificant. It's where you can read all kinds of random stuff. We post that we prepare for the podcast. Um, Good fun all around to be had on drink 5com You know, follow us on the social medias and subscribe to us on YouTube. Please subscribe to us on YouTube. Rate us wherever you find this podcast, Uh, five stars preferably. That's good. All right, well, drink five, everybody. Thanks for joining us for another another
1: Fantasy Finish Line podcast.